wake up, dude. It's yeah, early. Same. Yep. This is uh the only reason I get up on these this time during the day is I take my son to school and he goes to school at Kingston and uh, so we live, you know, across the other way, so I'm driving over there and he gets up and I know that he doesn't like it as much as I do because I work, I work my day job. I work second shift. I get off at 11. I don't go to bed till, gosh, 1 or, one two, or 2 o'clock. Yeah. And then I'm up by 5.30 or 6 to wake him up by 6.45. And then we're out the door by 7. And then here we are back. Then I'm, then I'm, then I'm trying to get ready for work for the rest of the day. And second shift, man, is trying to do all this stuff. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, I got like a, a, a weird schedule to myself. So like I get home at like 9.30 at night and you know, by the time you get the uh, the brain turned off, it's, I mean, one or two. I already knew you were going to say that. I feel like that's the <laughs> that's the time of night. That, like when you work later in the day, I feel like to shut it down, it's like it's definitely after midnight for sure. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of hard, man, when you get off work and you're trying to wind down and you've had 500,000 things going on. You know, especially with the, um, you know, the type of job that I'm in. And I guess the same thing with you where you've, I mean, I know you've got, 500 irons in the fire at all at one time trying to you know all the but where you teach at and then schools and your kids and home life and trying to juggle training camps and then the ufc and I, I don't know how that you how you even do that yeah it's it's pretty crazy man i mean that's why i mean honestly it's ta- you know every time you get up with me i'm like it takes me a month to get back to you every time and like i, I feel like sometimes people think i'm <laughs> I'm like being standoffish or something, but like I don't know. I'm almost just so busy that like it just takes me forever to get to get back with anybody, man. You know, so uh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. it's no, it's no problem, man. I totally understand. It's um, you know, it's a it's a juggle trying to juggle that kind of schedule. It's I mean, I, I totally understand. I no, uh, you get no uh, no beef for me over that at all. Um, so everybody knows I am talking to Harry Hunsucker today. Harry is a uh, UFC uh, fighter now. You got mm-hmm. signed what a couple, a few months back, right, or last year? Back in March. Back, of last back in year. March. Yep. And um, how is that? How's that going so far? Um, I mean, you know, unfortunately, I've not got the W in either one of the fights, but you know, there's been extenuating circumstances behind the first one. I mean, was four days notice, and you know, I was fighting Ty Tuivasa, who's you know probably one fight away from a title shot now. Um, you know, he hasn't lost since we fought and, you know, he's a killer. And then, uh, you know, Justin Taffa, he's, you know, another hard headed Samoan guy. And, you know, um, I learned a, a, a big lesson this past fight, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm the smallest heavyweight in the UFC, so I'm giving up weight to these guys and uh already and then to take into account that you know a lot of them are cutting weight too i mean Taffa was 292 on fight day and i was 238 so gosh i, I didn't realize there was that big of a difference in yeah, that i didn't yeah. i really i didn't pay attention to it really yeah so when you take two guys like i feel like on the skill level you know skill wise side of things like you know we're pretty even you know i think that i have the edge on the ground for sure but stand up wise i feel like we're pretty evenly matched yeah your bj is mean, pretty good and you know he's a banger too you know he hits hard and then you know give him a 60 pound weight advantage on top of me and uh you know it's just uh it's a um you know it's a game of inches and to give somebody right. 60 60 pounds on you man it just you know i learned a vital lesson so my next fight i'm dropping to 205 yeah there's a lot of people man don't realize that 
I mean, that's when I used to compete in BJJ, and that's kind of how Harry and I know each other. Was we used to train some uh, BJJ stuff together in a school here in Richmond, and uh, you know, I was um, I, obviously I didn't pursue the career wanting to be a professional fighter, and I, that was not me. But you know, I, I still enjoy you know watching it, and I still do some. I practice some of it, and you know, some stand up stuff. But I'm I am nowhere near as on the level as what what anybody else would be on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I don't even know. People ask me all the time, you like you've been working for this your whole life, and I have, but like I don't know, like I've always just trained, and, and right. you know, I was a fighter, so I fought, and you know, then people started like, you can make it to the UFC, you can make it to the UFC, and then I was like, heck, I can make it to the UFC. Yeah. So like then I started to believe it, and like I mean, I had tons of people around me that were like believing it before me, and like I don't know, I've always just been a person where, you know, my my confidence in myself you know was always low so like i always was the 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 negative one about it you know what i mean i you know i always try to inspire and talk a you know talk a big game but like everybody's what's going on in their right. mind is a little different behind closed doors you know what i mean right. so but it's but isn't it great man to be around people that are so positive and they believe in you and it's it becomes where it's so it's so contagious even though that you may have doubt in yourself but they're so positive and you have these people that just that believe in you and and you just and you can just run with it, you know. I mean, it can change your entire mindset of, of how that works. Yeah, I mean, you know, the support around here has been ridiculously, you know, awesome, man. Like I, I could, you know, I couldn't ask for anything better. I mean, I got people reaching out to me from all over the place, telling me that like I inspire them, and I'm like, I don't really know what I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, right. I'm like I'm just, you know, I don't know. I'm following my dreams. You know what I mean now. Right. And, uh, you know, I got people from everywhere. I mean, like just, uh, you know, like a month or two ago, I posted that fan art. Some kid from South Korea drew me. And I'm oh, like, wow. yeah, I'm like. Well, yeah, that stuff's big, man. It's huge over there. You know, the yeah. UFC stuff and the, the MMA. That's, I mean, you had the, um, what was it, Pride. You had Pride that was over in, where was Pride at? Japan. Japan, yeah. yeah so Japan. Yeah. yeah, they had, but I mean, you know, you think about it, man, over in that martial arts or that stuff has been just part of their culture for you know generations and generations and that's just that stuff is huge for them over there yeah yeah i mean it's uh all i mean i guess all of it really originated out of like you know the pacific islands and stuff i mean i think it's okinawa uh, maybe yeah i mean you know japan south korea right. the philippines i mean you know you got taekwondo jujitsu judo all coming out of that area so i guess that's probably where it originated at and then wrestling was more right. of like a um i think the greeks were the first people is it greco-roman wrestling is that what yeah, it, I, yeah. I, I think so i'm not sure like i'm probably the wrong person to be asking about <laughs> the history of anything because i just i don't i know you what's going i know what's going on right now yeah, and that's right, about it right, <laughs> you know what i mean right so, you, you, you're in the, yeah. you're doing it now and that's that's what counts it's yeah. um yeah it was like when i was a kid man it was you know i was grew up in eastern kentucky and we had you had this was your choices between uh what you could do right so you had basketball football uh then you had softball uh baseball kind of your you know four core of your sports soccer wasn't even you know but nobody knew what soccer was yeah, back then yeah. uh and then you had you know and then you had your other people which you had the um your uh your taekwondo then you had shaolin right yeah so that was your two yep. your two or and there were some people that did like the uh there were some judo guys around there too yep. so um I, I i didn't really care too much for the shaolin stuff because i just couldn't get into the 
you know, the people acting like the, the birds and the cranes and, you know, yeah. but I had a bunch of friends, man, that were, that were in the show yeah. and stuff, but I just, I just couldn't do it. So I was Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I stayed in Taekwondo, man, for, a, I got a black belt in that stuff. And, um, I remember, you know, Taekwondo originated from Korea. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, when I was in high school, I, I, several years later, if I got out, I found this uh, notebook that I had, but I had to write a, uh, like the one place you'd like to travel right so i had written i wanted to go to korea and i wanted to study taekwondo under uh you know under some of the masters there because i'd really enjoy going to the country graduate high school went to uh the military guess where i went to korea nice Heck yeah. guess how much training i did zero zero <laughs> right yeah so but what's crazy though when i went over there you know like any kind of martial arts here usually uh, in your states, they'll give you like a rank card, right? So a rank card, you pass your rank and your belts. And at least we had it. Mm -hmm. They'd sign the, you know, the grandmaster, whoever it was at the time. So I remember when I went to Korea and I took my rank card with me. I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to come over here as a black belt. And I'm going to just, I'm going to learn from the masters. I present them with the card. And I remember looking at me and there was a translator and the guy was, who is this? I said, what do you mean? Who is this? You know, this is, I can't remember the, the, who I was under, but this is a grandmaster or so-and-so. And then, they all kind of converse with each other, and they're just well, we we don't know who this person is. Yeah. So, but I, you know, that was a a common thing, and uh, well, not something I didn't know about them, but you know, now that you have internet and you have all this stuff, and you have what people like McDojo Life, and they kind mm -hmm. of put this stuff out there. There's fake people now. I mean, what I learned was legitimate, but if I could go back and do it again, I think I would have picked something like um judo or you know wrestling or something like that yeah i mean it's all good man it all has its purpose <clears throat> i you know i'm a i'm a fourth degree black belt in taekwondo myself yeah. i just i just tested for that in june and congratulations then, um you know we got you know sensei gary watts he teaches judo out of our school over here in berea and then i you know, i've been i mean you know i've been doing jujitsu forever I mean, it's all got its place, man. I, I really like traditional martial arts. You know, it's something that you can do forever because I'm not going to be grappling the right. rest of my life. You right. know what I mean? Whenever I'm 70 and I can barely move around, I'm still going to be able to run katas. You, know, right. you can hit the bag and stuff like that. And there's going to be some things that you have to stop doing right. as you age. And, I mean, traditional is something that you can do forever. And then there's a lot of principles out of traditional that I feel like have carried over into – um you know every area of my of my you know martial arts experience but i mean in, you know the big thing that people hate about traditional martial arts is kata right they hate kata but like everything that we do in martial arts is kata because it's all patterns that's that's all that kata means right. is pattern right. so like people talk smack on it i think that it's given me uh much better attention to detail in every martial art that i've done and you know the the um the discipline, the honor, respect, all that's, you know, all the stuff that, that we teach and, you know, very traditional martial arts. I mean, those are things that a lot of guys that, you know, they, you know, I, I rub elbows with a lot of fighters and there's a lot of respect that doesn't go into some of those guys because now it's all just. You know, it's just roughneck stuff, and right. you know everybody thinks they got to spar every time they walk in the gym. And I mean, <clears throat> now I, I spar once a week whenever I'm in fight camp, and that's really about it. I'm not a guy that likes to spar all the time anymore because, you know, every time you get hit, it too hurts, hard, man. It yeah, hurts. <laughs> yeah. How old are you? Uh, I I just turned thirty three last week. Oh, okay, week. so I turned forty seven January the second, and I'm telling you, man, like, it's getting older. You talk about when I was a kid. 
I said, kid, I came out, you know, 18s, 20s, and, you know, up until about 30. Like, I I loved it, dude. Like, I I would, I didn't care. I would go in, and I loved just the sparring. That was hard as possible. Loved it, man. Yeah. And then now it's like I get up in the morning, and I'm walking down the stairs like, okay, I got to take it easy to go down the stairs. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got to. And then so, so at the where I work at, at the police department there, I do our defensive tactics training. So, um, you know, it's uh, I'll have classes there. Um We'll do like training every three or four months, and we'll put we'll put this stuff together. And um, you know, you always have some guys don't understand. Like I'll say, we're gonna go ten percent, right? So my ten percent is, you know, I'm barely kind of touching you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my head out and let you hit me. So my next ten percent is like they're gonna come at you like the Hulk, and they're gonna go full out. Yeah. And uh, somebody always gets hurt. So now when we do now when I do the training, we don't do sparring because we used to do that. And, and then would, somebody needs off work for a week. Yeah, and, and, I, and I would picking I, up shifts, and I would always get hurt. <laughs> yeah. And um, which, which is funny. There was uh, there's a coworker of mine, and uh, we were talking about training yesterday. We were because I did some training with uh, one of our one of our guys yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, and we were talking about the back in the day when they used to do this stuff. You know, I'd put pads on, we'd put gloves on, we have mats, and we would just you know the whole the whole, the whole ten yards, nine yards, ten yards, nine yards. Yeah. So anyway, so. Um, my rule was, you know, if you hit me hard, I'm going to hit you hard back. Yep. Just don't hit me hard because, yep. you know, I'm I'm letting you hit me and work. Letting like you I, get work, yeah. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, you know, I don't need to. I'm going to give you some back. Just just don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. So we get up, we square off, you know, and we're kind of dancing around. Right off the bat, boom, leg kick. I'm like, dude, let's back it off about 10 more percent. You know, let's back it off a little bit. And I said, no, we're good. Start going around again, you know, and I'm kind of sticking my head out. Bam, hits me again. Like, son of a gun. That's, dude, listen, one more time, I'm going to hit you back. One more mm-hmm. time. So I don't know if something happened, and then I'm, and he hit me again. I said, "All right, we're we're gonna do this." I yeah, guess that's you're a lot nicer than me then, because it would have been the first <laughs> the first time with me. And then you know he starts moving forward, and uh, you know one of the things that I that I always do, I catch people kind of um, putting their weight as we're moving on their front leg, and I'll just kick their leg out from under them. You know, I yeah. kick them and I'll grab their head and I'll and I'll pull them, just pull them down. Yeah. And uh, right off the bat, right off the bat, I did that. He got mad, jumped back up, and um, and it was just uh, you know, it was uh, that was. But we were talking about it, but we don't, you know, we don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, you I'm know, old. That's the reason that I don't train with guys that I don't really know anymore. Because you know, number one, if they're inexperienced, those are the guys yeah. that, are, that are most likely to hurt you because they just don't know what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, at least pros, like we're all doing this for money now. Oh yeah. So it's important we make it to make it to fight night. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Because then we hurt. lose our paycheck. And then you know, I also don't spar a whole lot with guys I don't know real well, just because now I got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and like oh, they, they, they think if they can beat me in the gym, <laughs> then they got to beat the UFC guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. So now, like, I got some guys coming for my head, and you know, here recently we had this guy. You know, I started me and my my boy Trent started this thing called the Kentucky Fighters Group, and it's just a big cross training thing for up and coming fighters in the area, so we can all get together and get some sparring work in and go hard on each other and there not be like any drama or any ego or anything like that because like you know how it is like certain gyms whenever you know you're close to each other there's always some 
some, oh, yeah. some tension, some yeah. beef and stuff like that, especially when you're in a competing market with each other. Right. So like we started this thing is like, it doesn't matter what gym you're from. I don't care if you're the gym next, right next door to me, or if you're from, you know, a gym that we know we're going to be fighting guys from, you know, we started inviting everybody out. We had this guy come in and like, I was late getting there, so, like, they were already warm, and I just had thrown my gear on. Well, this dude comes in and is, like, trying to take my head off, and I don't know. He hit me, like, five or six times and nailed me before I was even awake, and I was like, shit, here we go. So, like, then, like, it was on. Like, I mean, I ended up, you know, he ended up on his back, and I was, you know, tearing him up but that first you know the first minute or so he was probably like dang i'm good man i'm beating beating the ufc guy (laughs) you know and then you know then i got woke up and you know i had to tear him up a little bit man because he was coming at me hard which i had said something on facebook and like he was they send me these fight cards b2 does to like make my predictions right so i made my prediction well i didn't know who he was and i knew the other guy so i just said the other guy was gonna win and he was the one and he, who lost. And he got no he ended up winning oh. the fight oh, yeah. and then he was like uh and then he come on there and commented like you're gonna eat your words now i'm like dude that was just a fight <laughs> prediction it's not like it's a big deal quit getting mad right yeah so yeah i can i can imagine that man i would say um that there's all kinds of uh, crazy stuff that goes on. And do you guys, is it, you guys get together in Lexington at, is it Blue Jitsu or where is uh, it? No, it's at uh, Georgetown MMA. Oh, okay. In, up in Georgetown, Adam Gomez's gym. Got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know that, I think there was a couple times that, do you work out with the guys at Blue Jitsu? And, yeah. Yeah, I actually think I got my, got my blue Oh, cool. Yeah. I got my Blue Jitsu shirt on today. Yeah, Paul Hogan is yeah. one of my, one of my training partners, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And Paul is so good, man. Yeah, he's, yeah, he is, dude. And he moves really well. Yeah, yeah, Paul's the man. I really like Paul. I mean, he's one of my big brothers in jiu-jitsu now. We kind of came up together a little bit. And, um, you know, I think I remember him being a purple belt and I was a blue belt. And then, you know, I've kind of just, you know, I followed him up the ranks. And then right. he started training with my instructor, Coach Seals, uh, I think before I did. And, you know, we've, you know, we've come up together now. He's a big part of my game. You know, he's one of my coaches, really. Which, uh, which set of, I know you guys are under the Gracies. Which, which one are you all under? So we're actually team Sean, Sean Hammonds now. Okay. okay. Um, uh, Michael Seals, he came up under Carlson Gracie and four seasons, but you know, the, um, once he opened his own gym up there, you know, he couldn't stay under them just because it was, you know. Right. It's a little too close to home, so you know we're we're affiliated with Sean Hammonds now, and um, you know it's a great team. Yeah, I'm, man, I, I was when Paul started the Blue Jitsu. Uh, you know, he had that the vision to start that. Man, he had you know he saw that there was a need, uh, you know, for law enforcement to to train better, to you know to train better tact, to train better in Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. And um, over the years, you know, recent events and stuff that's went on, um, you know that has become you know you have the the gracies now that have a, a law enforcement system um that they use it's um gosh i can't think i can't remember the name of it now because i'm put on the spot but uh, they have uh there's two courses like a level one and level two yeah they do that in louisville i think right yeah yeah uh, yeah there's a, a gym up there yeah and alan, um alan Man- yeah manganola yeah, yeah manganola yeah he and th- that's and it's a good gym man that's um like that's probably one of the you know when i moved so when, when i moved to richmond there was a local gym I trained at for a while. What well, the one we trained at mm-hmm. for a while, um, and then um, 
the the one they opened up in well the one that's in Louisville it's um it's so cool dude this the way that they they're really about uh you know learning and when I went in there man I wrote I hadn't rolled with anybody dude like I don't do that stuff much anymore like I yeah. I roll for five minutes and I'm like oh man somebody bring me up like a walker <laughs> right? you know yeah. but you know it's um, um it was really cool because. I don't care. Third degree light bomb, man. They wouldn't. There's they. There was no intentions on hurting you or anything like that. It would just let you let you play and let you work around with it. Yeah, yeah. I start. I mean, we started a jujitsu program here at my at my uh, location of Elite in Berea. We started. I mean, we're pushing the two year mark now, man. And that's like my favorite thing is there's no egos on the yeah. mat and and my gym, man. And like you know every 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 gym you go into and like i say gym because like there's a di- i think there's a difference between a martial arts school and a gym yes. you know what i mean yes. um we're a martial arts school so like there's no ego like i'll throw you out quick right. if, if if you are hurting people all the time if your attitude's poor like you just i won't let you come back and train you right. know? so i think that's one thing that i really pride myself on down here in berea man is we've built up some good jujitsu athletes in in the short two years that i've been teaching jujitsu because there's a big difference between um the stand-up arts and the ground arts you know what i mean because there's i mean what do you got like less than 10 punches in stand-up and then just perfecting all of them which takes forever and and it's pretty tedious but like you can become proficient pretty quickly but with jujitsu you know it takes a long time but i think that i I pride myself on what we're building down here in berea because nobody's getting any rank that they haven't earned right um you know and and everybody's safe right what i mean like nobody's in there hurting each other and and that's the important thing man it's um you know people know that they can come in and train and they're not going to worry about you know getting hurt or they gotta go to work tomorrow yeah i mean i'm you know I, i'm old man you know when I, back in the day i used to compete in the you know jiu-jitsu or the uh the bjj tournaments and i used to do you know karate stuff too well the karate the the taekwondo tournaments i did when i was in high school and i did it up until you know, I, I graduated high school um you know bjj stuff i didn't get into that more until my late 20s early 30s um but the um you know the, when i used to do um I trained. I've I've dabbled in probably, I don't know, Muay Thai, boxing, BJJ, uh, Krav, Hapkido. I've done some Aikido. Um, you probably and I, you know, so I'll, I always forget to to mention this because uh, if you follow McDojo Life, um, uh, they give you know this uh, the Dillman method stuff hell about you know the the Ricky Kempo, George Dillman stuff. Yeah, have you seen that? No, I've never even watched McDojo. Oh, really? I don't think. Maybe if it's been shared on like, like a a news site and they've posted a video. But like, I've I I guess I need to follow it. It's probably pretty fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, What they do, man, is uh, you know, they focus on uh, like your McDojo stuff, right? So you might have uh, I think what's the the guy that's uh, do you watch YouTube stuff at all? There's a guy that's kind of he's in Michigan right now and he has this. uh, this de- this uh, gun defense stuff and people were making fun of oh him. the cop guy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I've so, seen that yeah. yeah so they'll get on so McDojo life they will um they talk about like the fake you know fake stuff the yeah. fake karate they expose stuff. people yeah yeah, yeah and uh, yeah. so George Dillman <laughs> so when I was when I got out of the um uh, out of the Taekwondo era graduated high school come back from uh, Korea when I was in Korea I kind of dabbled in some Hokkaido when I was in Korea. 
which was very interesting to study under somebody that you didn't understand a word that they said. Yeah, I've done. I mean, I know a lot of Hapkido myself. Yeah, know? it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I think I'm a green, orange or green belt in Hapkido myself. I, I yeah. don't even know what belt I was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I remember that I would go. I was I was stationed at Camp Casey, Korea, and so we would go. Uh, I would every. I think it was every Wednesday or Thursday night. Um, I would go to. Um, to the to the to the guy's gym and we would go to another gym off post and it was just a bunch of locals or a bunch you know nationals and stuff you know korean yeah. people and um I, man it was just it was crazy to go in there and i just i just remember doing a lot of jumping and rolling and you know flipping and turning and you know all this other stuff yeah yeah one of the big things in hapkido is tumbling like, tumbling i yeah. mean and we do that in jujitsu too yeah but like i guess anything that's not jujitsu jujitsu people hate right you know what I mean? yeah i mean <laughs> so, it was, like they talk shit or talk smack on it <laughs> and and it's the same thing we do the same thing man. yeah i mean he would put like barriers up dude and you'd have to take a run jump dive over it and all this other yeah. stuff and i remember going oh my god man like why am i doing this crap i don't want to you know if i want to be you know playing dodgeball you know or something other i'm you know this might be yeah. this might be beneficial to me but you know it's, it's the 18 year old me and thinking like yeah. what use is this stuff yeah. but the uh back to the george dillman stuff man it's uh so ruki kempo so it's based off of um uh chinese acupressure or meridians right so you have mm-hmm. your you know your uh, stomach meridian you touch a point it activates another point that causes cycle creation or cycle destruction depending on what you're wanting to do with it right mm-hmm. so the dealing method of stuff was based off of i could touch three points using uh, like a cycle destruction and i can cause a knockout right so if i hit your stomach point like your stomach five point which is on your jaw and i connect it to like a liver point and a heart point then those three those and all i have to do is just tap it and i have the angle and direction correct it's going to cause a knockout right so that was it's what it was kind of based off of, hmm. but it also had stuff in there like you know it was had kempo karate kind of um, kind of into it as well, yeah. which you know the the acupressure the Chinese acupressure stuff was you know uh, they they based it off of actually you know actual Chinese acupressure acupuncture yeah. you know that stuff was yeah. real energy flow you had it was I mean dude like I felt like when I studied so much that I felt like I was going to have a degree in in acupressure like i had a book it was an acupuncture mm-hmm. book and i studied all this stuff but anyway yeah. so dillman started getting into more of they call the no touch knockout so he started getting the stuff where he would take his hands and he oh, would yeah, he would he would do guys, this right yeah. here and then people would pass out and i remember man sitting ain't no way uh, yeah so i remember sitting like when he started um putting the stuff out and i remember sitting watching it and i looked over to my buddy and i were go i was and I said, dude, like, what, what is going on right here? And then it started getting the stuff he started saying, you lift your left toe, you can change your polarity, and they can't do this. And I remember going, what, what are you talking about, dude? Crazy, Changing man. polarity. So, But McDojo Life, they really burned Dillman a lot. And yeah. I think uh, uh, there was a video segment where Forrest Griffin goes into like one of these gyms, um, and they try to do the no touch knockout to him, and it doesn't work. And then their their ex, their excuse was, "Well, you're a non-believer." Like, well, yeah, I don't. You didn't give him the Holy Ghost. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, well, of course I'm a non-believer. You know, if yeah. it's, I mean, if I don't want to have to believe in something like mentally for it to work, it's not like yeah. it's a it's on the mind. No, it's got to work mind, on anybody. Jedi man. mind tricks, you know. Some crackhead on the street doesn't right. doesn't doesn't believe. I mean, and you're teaching people to use that against them in reality. You and you know. know, law enforcement, and for a long time, law enforcement taught pressure points to control people, mm-hmm. and you know, so which that was largely 
taught for years yeah i mean i i mean i i think that pressure points are definitely a thing and it's something that you can use but yes. good, good luck finding one when somebody's busting you in the face and got you pinned on the ground yes. you're not going to just grab a pressure point and get them off of you you know or if they're that's that's them. my problem with it you know what i mean is is just you know people's response to it in a stressful situation right. i mean there's guys that like you know we teach in crov i mean i know you do a lot of crov too i'm a you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a second degree black belt in Krav and, you know, people don't feel stuff in fights, man. You no. know what I mean? Like even me, like I broke my rib in that, in, in my fight a few weeks ago. And like, I felt the rib break, but I didn't feel the pain. And like, I feel strongly that guys probably aren't going to feel pressure point type stuff whenever you know whenever you're in the middle of a fist fight right. now if you get a joint locked up oh yeah and there's some pressure points that are like in those joints i feel like maybe then it would work but you know i i i'm not going to speculate on that in the middle of a fight you right. know what i mean so that's the reason that i'm not a big backer of pressure point stuff and like i said i don't have anything against it i just right. don't think that it's highly effective when you're in a fist fight because punches to the face work. and and, and <laughs> subduing yeah, right, right, people right. win you yes. know what i mean those are the two things that win if you can choke somebody or hold them down and punch them right then those are the things that win and fights not me trying to you know pressure point your neck or your elbow right. or something you know and one thing that the uh, a lot of people don't uh, in the law enforcement part of it i don't think they really considered about it was you take somebody man that's hopped up on you know meth or heroin mm -hmm. uh you know their their uh their sensory their nervous, nervous system, system their nervous is system is shut down up. they don't yeah. feel pain yep. and um you know with with us um you know, punching people in the head doesn't really, you know, doesn't really You're work. You're not allowed to do yeah, that, are you? Yeah. 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 You know, so, and, you, you know, so it's a. That's um, stupid, too, because they can hit you, but you're not supposed well, to hit them back. Well, it just depends. It, it depends on what level of force it is, right? So, if, you know, if it's in a situation where that, you know, you've, you're down to fighting and they're trying to take your gun or take something away from it, then, you know. It's pretty much a fist fight. It, it's it, a fight. It's, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah you're in it to win it. Do, you're yeah. in it to win it from that point on. Now, you're just, you're not allowed to choke people anymore, though, right? No, not at all. And No, no strangulation. No strangulation. And, yeah. you know, there's a and – I, and I can understand why that they don't want that to happen. And because you take somebody that's not trained into – well, just for instance, you take you – know, a lot of people don't understand is – when it comes to law enforcement and they're in your training, uh, you know, we, we say training. There's a lot of people that's come off the street and they've never had any kind of formal training with any kind of martial arts or anything like that. And you put them in a, you know, 16 week police academy and they have just a, a taste of, you know, you're going to learn this technique. Just enough to get somebody hurt. Just enough. And then when it comes time under pressure to, to use this technique, they totally screw it up, but they just don't know what they're doing. And they, you know, they over it or they don't yeah. understand how to control aggression. They don't understand how to, you know, how to, you know, use the stuff to to your advantage, and it becomes an issue. Yeah, and then you t you know it, it it happens, and you know there's a a lot of people when they when they when they hear the word choke, they think that you're crushing somebody's airway. Mm -hmm. You know, but in jujitsu, we understand if I'm choking somebody, then I'm not really choking their I'm not choking them. I'm cutting their blood flow off to their mm -hmm. brain. So it's it's a karate choke. It's not like yeah. they're you know they're not choking them. But yeah. but I understand that's why that they. You know, it's it's a safety issue for the public. Yeah. And, and I, I think that the the biggest reason is because now it's a legal issue because yes. if you if you strangle somebody, you're getting sued. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's yeah. I think that's the primary reason right there. And I'm not trying not being political at all. It's right. just I mean, that's gonna bring a lawsuit, guaranteed. 
And, you know, with the, the only exception is, is if it's a life or death situation and it involves our life that we have to save our life, we can, yeah. we, can, we can do yeah. it that way. You know, it's rules kind of change a little bit when it's life or death situation. Yeah, that's something that, you know, we always talk to people about whenever I'm teaching like a self-defense workshop is like your perception of what's happening, right? right. Like if me, if, if I go, you know, if I'm, you know, I go out to have a drink or whatever and another guy my size picks a fight with me and I beat him to death, was he trying to kill me? Probably not. Right. You know, so... Uh, but at the same time, if my wife is out drinking and a guy my size picks on her and she stabs him with something and kills him, then was he probably trying to kill her if he hit her? Right. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, a guy my size hits a hundred pound woman, you know, in the face that could kill her in one, oh, in yeah. one punch. If me and a guy my size get in a fight, he's not necessarily gonna, gonna kill me. Right. So, you know, just, just talking about you know some of the different contexts that fights happen in right. and the level that you can take a fight to depending on you know your ability um is important you know yeah. what i mean talking about context with people because everybody thinks like i mean you know guns for example right. like everybody thinks when they buy a gun they can if somebody attacks them they can just shoot them and that's not the yeah that's not the case at all because right. if i pull a gun on somebody that's unarmed they're the same size as me you know i could have defended myself without using a gun right um you know you're gonna have a hard time arguing that in court now the good news is that you know you can argue self-defense you know um you know if you have a good lawyer i would assume i hope i never end up in that situation right. where i right. need to do that right. but you know that i mean there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of gray area if you buy a gun you can't just pull it out and shoot somebody yeah you know what i mean yeah and that's you know there's a I don't know how I got us there real quick. That's kind of weird, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, that's it's a good, it's a good topic. You know, it's um, you know, it, it, we're all in the self defense world, right? Yeah. So it, yep. it's a, you know, it kind of comes into play with it. But oh yeah, McDojo life. That's how we ended yeah. up here. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, we, we like guys like that are teaching you pressure points and stuff. And like, what if somebody puts a gun in your face or starts right. knifing you? Right. You know what I mean? Then yeah, here, come here. Let me and uh, <laughs> let me ta let me tell you what drives me crazy the most about. You know, like I'm an avid gun owner. I, I, you know, obviously I'm a police, you know, the police officer, and that's my full time gig. You know, yeah. Um, but I enjoy, um, you know, guns. I shoot them. Um, you know, I, I believe in practicing really good uh, gun safety. Um, one of the things that drives me insane is I, I believe in constitutional carry. I, I'm glad that the state of Kentucky we have it now. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of states are adopting that as well. But what drives me insane is is the people that openly, openly carry it, where everybody in the world can see it. Yeah. And let me tell you why it drives me insane. I'm a bad guy. I have intentions on killing people, right? Mm -hmm. I go and say I go into Walmart, and I, I want to find, and say I'm standing I'm getting ready to rob this, and all of a sudden I see some dude standing there with a big H&K 45. He's the first victim. On his, right hanging from his sweatpants. Yep. Hanging from his sweatpants with a paddleback holder, and his sweatpants are about to fall off of his butt. He's the first person I'm going to kill. Yep. I'm going to take his gun. Yep. So therefore, he's you know he's brought me a gun. Yeah. Well, let's say I come into it and I have a I have a rifle or I have a gun already with me. I want to you know if I see somebody with a gun, it's openly carry it. I'm going to that's who the first person I'm going to try to kill. And um, I mean, that's that's probably one of the main reasons that if you're going to openly carry it, I think that you need to be able to understand how to defend that weapon, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a, 
you know, it's a position of power that people aren't ready for. You know, a lot of people buy a gun and automatically think they can defend themselves. They don't even they don't even learn how to, you know, uh, chamber rounds and stuff, yeah. man. They don't practice. Yeah. And, you know, they buy it and they automatically think, you know, I wish somebody would. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like the yeah. first day when like when like teenagers are the are the fun ones when they come into elite, they'll learn a couple moves and then you right. can tell their confidence right. is off the charts. Right. And like they still don't know what they're doing just yet. And right. people with guns are the same way, man. They buy a gun, they automatically think that it's going to work. And like, I mean, there's been studies done of like trained shooters, man, that will like in a situation where they're under stress, they hit thirty percent of their shots. Yeah, and it's a uh, you uh, you know, there's you can watch videos, man. A, a lot of videos on YouTube. I mean, you can find about anything on YouTube. Um, you know, there's a. I think one of my shows that I watch on there is uh, Active Self Defense. They have a like a like a you know YouTube channel on there, but um, you know they they'll take badge cams from police officers and you know just uh, cameras from the um, you know like just gas stations or any kind of it might capture something mm-hmm. that goes on. So like, yeah, so they'll catch this stuff. But there's so many times and time again you watch um, you watch the, uh, the the same thing happen over and over again is. Um, you know, people don't practice good gun safety or they don't understand how to use a firearm, uh, and police, how many times have, uh, you know, you can, there's even like federal studies done on the FBI that they talk about, you know, when you shoot somebody, just because you shoot somebody three or four times doesn't mean it's going to stop them. You know, mm-hmm. the only thing it's a, the only thing it's a really is a, is the stopper is, is a headshot. You know, you can, uh, you can shoot people, you know, four or five, six times sometimes in the chest and just depending mm-hmm. on where you're hitting them, it may or may not stop them. Yeah. But it's a, um. Uh, you know, just because you shoot somebody doesn't mean it's going to stop the threat at that point. Yeah, and then their mindset is a is a huge part of it too. Right. One of the one of my, I guess one of the most disturbing videos. I was going to say one of the mo- my favorite videos, but probably one of the ones that puts it into the best perspective. And you probably saw seen this. I know that a lot of organizations use it for training. So uh, this you know local sheriff's department police officer with you know basically no training you know pulls this combat veteran over on the side of the road and the veteran is you know he's been drinking and i'm not sure what happened well the the police officer comes up to the vehicle he gets you know starts talking to the guy gets him out of the car i'm not sure if he's doing a field sobriety test on him or not and um the the veteran the the guy he pulled over goes back to his vehicle grabs a rifle out and the police officer shoots this veteran multiple times while he's coming at him and the guy just keeps coming at him and uh you know he shoots the police officer once and the the combat veteran with the experience in fighting continues to march forward after being shot and the cop goes down after one bullet in him right you know and you know i i'm not sure what i'm trying to get at with that but you know it guys that have been there before like a combat veteran like that those are guys that you know they're not going to stop if they get shot just because that's what they were trained to do people that are motivated and understand that you know you have once you're in that fight that you're in that fight that yep. you're there until yep. you cannot move anymore yep and that that's the uh, that's the mindset that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I mean it's sad because you hear this guy, this police officer, get shot. I think one time is what they said that he was shot, um, and you know. I think he ended up dying. Both of the guys ended up dying. I think. But I, think I, I, know I can't what you're remember. But about. yeah, it's a it's a pretty disturbing video to watch. And then like you got the police officer like begging for help over the mic afterwards, and um, 
you know, it's just it's crazy, man. Let me show you something that's funny. We're sure. talking about open carry. You don't think YouTube listens to you? Open carry advertise a free gun to the attacker. Yeah. How crazy? Yeah. How crazy is that? Like I don't even think the internet's even turned on this thing. It must have been YouTube is definitely listening to me right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, it's, you're talking about this that just that warrior, you know, that warrior mindset that you know, yeah. no matter what, that you you're going to win this fight and you're going to get in it and you're you know the outcome is going to be you know you're going to win it no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I mean that's the most important part of self defense. I mean that's the you know whenever we train people in in Krav and whenever now. The cool thing is now, like, I'm a national instructor to teach Krav instructors, you know what I mean? So, that's it's a pretty cool thing. Like, here recently, we had people from all over the country right here in Berea, and I was training them to teach Krav, not to not to be a student in Krav. I was teaching them to, you know, to be an instructor. Right. And, you know, the first thing that we do, man, is mindset, 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 because technique is always going to degrade and go out the window when right. you're in a fight because you don't know every technique for every position that you might end up in a fight but right. understanding that you need to get away safely and get back home to your family is always going to be there you know what right. I mean? you're never going to forget that well they talk about uh you know you have what's called the um what's, i think i think it's called the inverted u law which means that based upon your training and your conditioning your first i don't know 30 seconds or 40 seconds is going to be um, the most crucial part because you're exerting, you know, a lot of your energy at that time because mm -hmm. your, your adrenaline's kicked in. Yep. And then after that point on, whatever training that you have will dictate of, you know, it's your mindset after that point. I think it's called the inverted. I think it's the inverted. Yeah, law. I'm not sure, but like I mean, the 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 most important part of the fight is the first part. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean because that's normally the only part of a fight in right. most fights. I mean. I've always heard that the most fights are under ninety seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. um, you know, that that first part is pivotal pivotal, well, I mean, you know. Even like in the UFC, like what's it, three minute rounds? Five. Five minute rounds. Yeah. But was it ever three minutes? Uh, what did I get that? For from? for amateurs oh, in okay. the state That's, of Kentucky. Oh, it's I got three, you. yeah. I bet that five minutes. And in boxing, I think it's three minutes. Three minutes too. Yeah, because there's that. like five hundred rounds in a boxing match. Oh, gosh, dude. Like, yeah. I, I can't <laughs> I can't imagine. That's that's um you know those um those rounds would feel like it would take forever those five minutes i mean it's yeah. a, it's a long time yeah it, it is man and uh I, I unfortunately i've never made it five minutes in a fight <laughs> you know whether i've won or lost i've never been out of the second round except i did fight to the second round when i was an amateur one time right i so i, I, I said before i didn't really get a chance to watch your fight until the the re, your most recent one was it december the 18th is that what it was yep yeah yep. so i, I didn't i di couldn't find it and once i found it i was just watching you know what i found on youtube about it um what um what 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 was the like what was your when you went in you you had a full camp right like you yeah yeah I, I mean i was very prepared man i couldn't have been any more prepared but know? he had but he had that big third sick or a big weight there yeah through. i mean there was almost 60 pounds on fight day after he rehydrated he cut almost 30 i mean he cut 30 pounds to to make weight so what was your like what was your game plan going into it um you know, I knew that we had to get it to the ground. I knew that for sure because – well, I mean, I didn't know that for sure, I guess I'm saying. But, like, I knew that the likelihood of me winning if it was on the ground is exponentially higher than if we're kickboxing because, you know, if when we're standing up, me and him are – I mean, you're 
you're both very trained right. knockout guys. You right. know what I mean? And so like that, that's an even, well. yeah, that's an even fight there. So if we take it down to the ground, the the odds start to to weigh in my favor. So the I mean, the idea was you know to be smarter than him. Anytime that he hit me, um, you know do something destructive back from right. standing and then you know we worked a, a series of takedowns that i was going to get based off of what he was doing and you know it just it's one of those things man where you know you're playing you're playing a game of inches with right. you know some of the best athletes in the world and you know i was in there with another guy who was just as hungry as i was who could knock me out and you know uh, yeah, I remember watching it. I was when I watched the fight. I, I'd seen him. I'd seen what was the the guy's name? Justin Taffa. Taffa. I, I yeah. kept trying to pronounce his last name, but um, but I, I'd watched a few fights before him, and uh, I knew that. Uh, well, I watched a few a few of his fights, and I knew that just based off when I saw seeing that you fight, that your your jujitsu was a lot better than what than his was. He was just a big banger. He yeah, super. Yeah. He's just big. So I remember. When I first when I first started watching his fights, I was I said I just said to myself like you know Harry like, I think he would go in you know try to land a couple of shots and do a takedown just yeah. try to submit him yep. or try to minimize damage. And it looked like it's what you were trying to do, and it just you just couldn't yeah seem to connect it. Yeah, I mean you know when we got locked up there and I locked it, you know I got the Kimura locked in um, off of him. You know we come up off the ground and and you know he got my back and i got that kimura trap locked in there like that's when i realized that the weight difference was just too much because the reason i actually called tafa out because we were supposed to be about the same size i mean right. if you look online it says that we're very similar in size well right. dude he was taller than me he outweighed me by 60 pounds like i just <laughs> right I, I screwed up right. and, and i realized that right <laughs> right whenever i was in the fight and that's the bad place to you know right. to to realize that you know what i mean so i'm like i'm the on the roster i'm the smallest heavyweight in the ufc uh height and weight wise now there's some guys that are shorter than me but then they outweigh me you know size wise right so like by you know by definition i'm the smallest heavyweight in the ufc and you know, in that fight, I was like, "Dude, I got to drop the two hundred five as so soon as I as soon as that fight was over." I was like, "I got to go to two hundred five. So you're doing a lot heavyweight now, right? Uh, yeah, my next fight will be at light heavyweight for sure. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Is there any that's been? Is there any discussion of when it'll be or anything? Uh, well, right now, I mean, you know, I've got the broken ribs I'm dealing with. I'm on a hundred and eighty day suspension because of the concussion. Uh, I'm in physical therapy for my knee, which I've been having issues with for a while. And, um, and then we, you know, I got a new baby, yeah. you know, my wife goes to the doctor today. She's full term now. So like we're expecting when she goes to the doctor today, they're going to put us in the hospital. Oh yeah. So, uh, um, and this is your, your second, this is number four. Oh, good yeah. gosh, yeah. dude. Yeah. I this would, is number four. I can't so, imagine having four kids. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool, man. My kids are awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, well, listen, I, I think we're out the game now after this oh. one. I think this will be the last one. Well, I love my two kids. I mean, dude, but, you're, but you're glad there's just two of them. Two, <laughs> yeah, two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, so two. Like, I mean, those two, man. Oh my gosh! Like, I just can't. I can't imagine trying to mangle or trying to wrangle up 
you know, yep. I said mangle, mangle the kid. Yeah. I'm trying to wrangle up four. Yeah. Uh, two is two is plenty. Oh, it's a madhouse, man. So, you know, we got the baby, you know, going to be coming soon. So I'm expecting to fight probably later part of the year because I need to – I need to do a test cut to 205 before right. I just like automatically just jump into a fight, right. you know, and with that weight cut, I'm going to do a practice cut. And then I've been talking to the UFC for the past couple of weeks. And the cool thing is, is now they have a meal delivery system. Oh, so really? Like, yeah. So I'll get uh, starting next week that I'll start getting my meals delivered to me already prepared to, to get me no ready kidding. for that weight cut. Yeah. And it's a hundred percent free. Dude. Gosh, yeah. that's awesome. Yes. Dude. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean they send awesome. me all my they send me all my supplements for free. Like I get every supplement that I need for a hundred percent for free. Now they've hooked up with Icon Meals and they're doing meal delivery too now. So you know the two hundred five cut should be pretty easy. I mean, and during this fight camp, I was down to two twenty five. Yeah. So like I'm really you know once you get to two twenty, you're basically a two hundred five or then because then you're a fifteen pound water cut away and you're there. Yeah. So you know. It just makes sense, and I realized that in the middle of this camp. I'm like, dang, man, like I've never said I wanted to be a light heavyweight, but now my weight is starting to just come off between, you know, supplementation, diet, and then me throwing CrossFit and long-distance running into the game. Pounds were just coming off of me, right. man. But, you know, I'd already signed up to fight heavyweight, and, like, I've always fought heavyweight, so it'd be, right. you know, it's, been, it's been what's comfortable to me. So, right. like – you know, if I'm going to compete at this high level, though, you have to take out every, um, <clears throat> like every advantage that you can give somebody. You got to right. take out, right. and, and me giving up height to most of these guys and weight to every one of these guys. I mean, like I said, I'm one of the smallest heavyweights in the division because of my height and my weight. Then, like when you're fighting guys that I feel like with most of the guys in the UFC technique and skill wise i am comparable but then they outweigh me and they're taller than me those guys are going to win right you know what i mean so it just makes sense for me to drop the 205 and even the playing field yeah and it a lot of people don't you know it's 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 a it's a huge you know disadvantage to you when you have you know somebody that's that much taller and that you know even though that your technique would be you know even though that you could be like one of the you know baddest mofos on the planet Mm-hmm. You take some, you know, strength and athleticism. You know, if they have it just a little bit more than what you do, yep. sometimes that can prevail over over that. Oh yeah, right? or even makes it even more difficult to even try to handle that yeah. situation. And uh, you know, it's a, I mean, that's a that's a that's a huge disadvantage upon your side. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the unfortunate thing for me this time was I realized that in the middle of the fight and that's the worst place in the world <laughs> it's to, really, to realize you're laying stuff. on the ring and you're on your back and all of a sudden you just have like man i missed oh up. well no dude that's that i mean that's pretty much where it was because we were down there in the bottom and i we were in half guard and i had the kimura dude it was there yeah and like i had it and all he did man was boop like that i mean he was so much bigger than me and i mean you know he was 60 pounds of more strength than i yeah i had you know i would have got that kimura on any 205er and i i heavily believe that and it just and, and you just unfortunately that, i learned it right in the middle you, of the fight you felt it move his arm you're yeah. like i mean i messed up yeah yeah because i mean dude i had it locked down and it was close like i felt his arm like right. pop a couple of times when we were in the standing part of that right. whenever i got it when we were standing like i felt it pop a couple 
couple of times. He's just not a guy that's going to give up off of that. Yeah. You really got to rip it, you know. Right. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things, man, where, you know, this is all a learning experience. And, I mean, you got guys at the top of the world, um, you know, that every fight you're learning something that you have to fix. Right. You know? uh, it's, it's like anything. I yeah. mean, you know, you're um, one of my favorite quotes that I have that 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 I that I always try to you know do is they talk about it's failing forward, you know. So you you things that you fail at, you're taking that as you know you're taking the even though that you failed, you're not really failing. You're just learning another way not to do it that way the same way again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always learning something, man. Right. Um, and you know, people are like, man, I thought you had that Kamara. People, you know, they're like, I thought you had it. I thought you had it. I'm like, trust me, nobody wanted to get it more than me. I promise you that. But, but yeah, I mean, you're always learning something, man. The 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 thing that sucks is, is you know, I, they've called me out there three times now. You know, obviously, you know, the first time I felt like I showed up very well whenever I fought Vandera on the Contender Series, dude. I was beating his. You know, I was killing him, dude, yeah. and then I just gassed out. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, that's all I can say for that when I gassed out. And then with Tui Vasa, he was probably going to beat me anyways. That's the only one that I'll say that like he probably would have got me anyways. And then with Tafa, man, like I just thought we were going to be similar in size. That's why I pushed to make that fight happen right. because. You know, record-wise, we were very comparable, and I thought that we would be size-wise very comparable as well because when you don't see these guys in person, like, nobody's height's right. I mean, it says I'm 6'2 on there, and I'm six foot six <laughs> one. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it says that he's 5'11 on there, and he's, like, 6'3". You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. So, I thought that I was going to be in a fight with a guy that was a – good match for me right. and like you know definitely big learning experience you know what i mean we've right. learned a, you know we've learned a lot man and you know i feel like you know i'm gonna be in the best the best possible place whenever i whenever i return right you know yeah that's um that's that's you know that's a it's a it's a, a, a terrible feeling getting in and have to do that and you know learning on the spot that that's you know that's listen. This is what we got to do to change it. Yeah. And I, I, when I used to do a lot of uh, jujitsu, when I used to compete in tournaments, every time I was at two twenty five when I did when I competed in the Naga tournaments. And so, if you know anything about the BJJ, like their weight classes, two twenty five, but I was sticking the super heavyweight. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like I come at two twenty five, there'd be somebody at like you know three oh five. And I remember this big dude one time. I actually, I'd, I'd found this match. I'd, I don't know where it came from. Somebody recorded it, and I found it about a few days ago. Um, but I remember this big, this big old dude, man. I got, my game plan was I can't let him. You know, he's not going to mount me. There, I, we can't. I can't do this. Yeah, you'd be stuck. Yeah, and I swear to God, it wasn't. You know, uh, ten maybe four minutes into it, I don't know what happened, but somehow he mounted me. And I remember laying on my back, going, "Man, I messed up." Yeah, and just trying to get. I mean, I couldn't. It's like trying to move a mountain. Yeah. You know, what I mean, at two twenty-five and at two, whatever three oh five, whatever he was. It was just terrible. Once I once I got under there, man, it was just gosh, it was terrible. But yeah. I remember like when I one thing I tried I tried to pull guard, I tried to jump guard or something on him, and I remember I think my foot slipped or something, and I fell to my back, and I think that's how he got mount. So I, yeah. some, I somehow got him in guard, closed guard, or got him in guard. He's in my guard, and I, I just kind of went kind of went to hell from there. Yeah, 
Yeah, the thing that sucks, man, is like you'll train something, train something, train something, and never mess it up. Dude. Yeah. And then when you get out in a fight, dude, you screw it all up. Well, I'm actually, like that that uh, single leg that I went for that ended up getting me knocked out in this fight, man. We practiced that single leg, dude. I was killing people catching them in a single <laughs> yeah. leg in the gym, dude. And then I don't know. I hesitated when I first went for it. So like he saw it coming from a mile away and it was a you know it was kind of it was kind of looked lazy because i hesitated on it so like right. it was like me just reaching my arms out to try to grab his leg right and that's when it comes he just, right, he just right. well he just like pushed me off and that's where he had you know he head kicked me and knocked me out oh, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah and um he might have hit me too i don't remember right now um, <laughs> but right. He definitely hit me a couple times. My head was hurting for a few yeah, days. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I was watching it when when you tried to do that and when he did the the, the kicked you. It was like it was yeah. automatically. You could just see like your body just went boop. Yeah, and then I think you he was out after that point. Yeah. Um. I mean, it definitely rocked me. I mean, like I pulled my hands up. I saw it coming and I blocked it and everything, man. And then like next thing I know, I'm on the ground and the fight's been stopped and. Like, I don't know, man. It's like the most depressing spot to be oh, in, yeah. in the world right there. Because, like, once again, I failed at my dream, you know, what I've worked my whole life for. Well, I wouldn't and, say you failed it. Uh, well, I mean, everybody keeps saying that, man. But, like, I know that I can win at that level. Right. It's just hard to put it together. Yeah, you know I, I mean, mean. You have to put all the cards together because, you know, I've got all the talent, the skill, um the motivation but once you're in there man so does the other guy you know well i mean, I mean? You, you think of it man like you, you're you're they're putting you on in this on this stage and there's millions of people that's watching i mean mm-hmm. i can't imagine how much pressure that that puts on you because yeah. at that point you're just i mean you're, you're trying to focus in and worry about the yeah. job at hand but then at the same time you're thinking gosh man there's so many people watching me right now yeah and the lights and the big production that, that it is and um i'd say it's a huge step from doing the the, the local local stuff and then going to that just that platform of how big that is yeah i mean it's a big jump up for sure um the this time though man i wasn't nervous at all really i was i had been working a lot on my mind setting i had a sports psychologist coaching me through how to stay like in the moment because that's the thing that hurts people is they get distracted by the lights. They get distracted by, oh, my God, who's watching this? And I've done that myself. So, you know, sports psychologist helps you just, like, really be in the moment. So, like, I was I was 100% in there, man. It's it's still, dude, like, when you're competing with the best fighters in the world. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just – it's a game of inches, man. And he got the inch over me this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a um, it, it, it's a whole different level, and people train. It, it's just you talking about it going from, you know, it being starting out as a, as a hobby, and you're going just to doing some of these little burners, local burners and stuff, and then you got guys, man, they're you know, they're that's all they do is they train. That you know, people yeah. got sponsors to pay for their, you know, their meals and everything else that they do. And I mean, that's that's going to give them a huge advantage over over anybody that just trains part-time yeah yeah i mean that's one of the big things that helps me is because martial arts is a full-time job for me so like i mean i have the perfect schedule to train my two a days like i mean i get all the training that all those guys do so like i mean i'm right there with them it's now it's just 
I got to make these tweaks and adjustments to finally put the package together and drop into 205 is going to be is going to be a, a huge 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 um advantage for me you know what i mean i'm yeah. gonna be i'm gonna be either the same size as guys or i'm gonna be bigger than them and then my power is gonna carry from heavyweight too right. you know what i mean i've knocked people out you know i yeah, got knockout it. power um so it's just it's it just like i said man it's a game of inches and like now i'm going to even the playing field a hundred percent so that now you know i won't have an excuse anymore right. you know what i mean like um, and I won't even say an excuse. Now there won't be any um, there won't be any gray area. Whenever I'm giving up sixty pounds to guys, that makes a big difference. That uh, won't that won't happen at two hundred five. You yeah. know what I mean? It's going to be fair, fair and square. You know. And that that uh, one of the things that um, that you know that I liked it once you I think when last year and you signed your contract and stuff is because I've known you for a while and you've always been. You've always been really good about just really, really humble and giving back to the community. And, you know, you're always, you know, you always make yourself available, you know, to, to people to come in. And I think one of the things you, I think when you got your check that, or something you got paid or something, you went and bought a bunch of bicycles yeah. and you donated yeah. those bicycles. And that's, that's just really cool, man. There's, you know, there's, that just says a lot about your character and a lot about, you know, the kind of person that you are and yeah. where you came from and, I just think that when something good happens to me, I need to make something good happen for somebody else. That's right. why that's why we did that, and that's why I'll continue to do that every time I get a paycheck. I mean, this this time, um, you know, our plan was to do, like, a shoe giveaway. Right. But, um, you know, I haven't advertised this because that's, that's not my MO is to, like, make myself look good for right. doing these things. But I have a kid that's been with me forever and we bought him his first car oh wow so that that that's what we did this time whenever we came back because i bought him his first car and um you know he just he's you know he's a great kid man he you know he uh is a hard worker he shows up all the time his dad kind of has been out of his life for the past little bit and i'm like i'm kind of like his father figure now right. and so we you know me and my wife bought him his first car that's so great man that's what we did this time yeah that's great that's um you know that, that like i said that says a lot of a lot about your character and and who you are as a person and you know that's that's great man that, you, that you're able to do that and you want to and you want to do that stuff yeah i mean i'm not you know it's just i like i said like whenever good things happen to you i feel like you have to make a good thing happen for somebody else and that that's my sole intent of that is just you know i feel like you know i'm not going to say that i believe in karma but i definitely believe that the more oh. good the more good that you put out the more good's going to come to you you know what i mean right and i think that's just um you know it's just an energy thing right you know? what um so what who are when you were getting into the mixed martial arts stuff um who were some of your favorite fighters that you that you liked watching oh man uh george st pierre mm -hmm. forrest griffin anderson silva rampage rampage yeah. jackson yeah um you know i i honestly got into i'm sure i would have been into tito and chuck but like i honestly got into mma when they were kind of closing the door on their careers and and randy couture as well like i don't even think i ever got to see randy couture fight um so you know like i definitely loved um anderson silva george st pierre um now st pierre and um what is uh boss rooting they have like they have a 
Karate Combat. Karate Combat. Yeah. Have you yeah. watched that? Uh, I've watched some clips of it and stuff. And that one of my kids at Elite, one of our instructors, like that's his goal. He wants right. to fight Karate Combat. That that's pretty hardcore, dude. They they go they go at it. Oh yeah, it looks rough, man. I mean it's I mean it's just another it's another brand of the UFC. You yeah. know what I mean? Do they go to the ground in there? Uh, I think, or is it, is it all just stand up? I think it's most of stand up. Yeah. I think that that they do allow a takedown, but once that you know, there's no like jumping and ground and pounding like yeah. that. There's no yeah, submissions. Gotcha. Yeah, you, yeah, you can you like, can like sweep and a, yeah, and, sweep and probably and, like land one punch. It's yeah. a karate fight, but full contact. Yeah, they're, they're definitely sweeping the leg. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, <laughs> I watched some clips of it. It's neat. Yeah, uh, you were talking about so you mentioned Tito Ortiz. That was uh he was probably one of my favorite fighters. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Tito man wasn't, it wasn't like he was super good. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where everybody He's at just that a time, dog, man. Yeah. Everybody at yeah. that time had somebody else's number, mm-hmm. you know, like Shamrock couldn't beat Tito on, on Shamrock's best day. Yeah. You know, Tito couldn't beat Chuck Liddell if he, if he, if he had to, yeah. you know, Liddell whipped his ass. I don't know how many times and he just, he just couldn't do it. Yeah. But it was, a. You know that was a lot of fun, I, and I remember as a kid when the UFC started, and it was just it was just you know them and different styles of karate, mm-hmm. and um, I remember watching that, and I remember at the time I was heavily into the um, you know taekwondo, mm-hmm. and there was a taekwondo a taekwondo guy that came into the ring, and I was thinking, man, this guy's going he's going to kill this dude, man. I don't remember who the other person was, but taekwondo guy got punched in the face, and it was pretty much about the end of it. Yeah, um, but it was. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting, man. It was um, uh, it was it was definitely uh, fun to watch that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think probably the two fights that I remember from like the the original days of the UFC is like there's this huge like sumo wrestler guy oh. fighting this little tiny guy, and like I rem- I don't even know who won, but I remember that fight, and then I remember that one fight where the dude just like sits and like waylays on yeah. his balls, dude, and he's like <laughs> yeah, punching yeah. him in the nuts. I, 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 yeah. I remember that. That was um. Those are some good, some interesting fights, man. Yeah, those are the two that I remember from the old days of the UFC. <laughs> it's like I just remember that dude like sitting there yeah. and, like punch him in the balls over and over again. I I, re- I remember that I would have to get the uh, I would have to rent. Uh, the tape, the you know the VHS tapes to get them and watch them because you know I, where I was at we didn't have like pay per view but mm-hmm. even if we get pay per view I couldn't I couldn't afford you know forty mm-hmm. or fifty bucks and we didn't have satellite you know yeah. you were stuck back in the mountains and um, you you couldn't know, pirate it at that could, time yeah. either like now you can st- you can steal it. oh you can, yeah <laughs> well, it's, it's, well it's it's out there on you you can find anything you want to yeah. on, on yep. YouTube now yeah uh, but it was uh yeah back we didn't have we barely had cable. And um, mm-hmm. I remember the only person back home that I remember that had a satellite, which the first time I'd ever seen it, was my cousin. Uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, they they were fortunate enough to have stuff like this, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember going to their house and had a person installing this big ass satellite dish. And I remember looking at it, going, "Gosh, man, what what are they doing?" Like I I thought they were going to be talking to aliens and be talking right. to NASA. Yeah. Be sending, like, sending, I mean, but this thing dude was huge. It was a big black satellite dish. And they got anything, man, from like across the world. It was it was yeah. it was crazy. Uh, but you know, anyway, we'd have to rent the the VHS tapes. Yeah, my grandparents had one of those in their backyard. I remember that it didn't work. Like it was, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't working. But like that, we would play on it all the time. Yeah, the thing was freaking huge. Yeah, you yeah, more or less it turned it turned into like just clothes racks or something else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. it was a uh, it was pretty uh that was pretty big. Um. What is um like what what do you think is 
there's that big stink right now going on with between Dana and um, the YouTube boxer. I can't think. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you think about all that stuff? Um, you know, Jake Paul's thing is fighter pay, man, and I think it's ridiculous because you know I'm making more money than I've ever made, and I haven't even won yet. Right. You know what I mean? They're paying guys well, and then so you take the pay on top of the the medical care that you get there. Like when you're a signed fighter, if you message the UFC, they'll take care of almost any medical need that you that you have, and you don't have to pay anything. That's great. Um, supplements are all free. Uh, all your meals are free. Meal plans are free. Uh, you have strength and conditioning coaches at your disposal that you can, you know, you can zoom into them on a tablet. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll give you your workout plans. You have the UFC Performance Institute now, which they have nutrition. They have any, like, body care that you need, training areas. I mean... You know, I think it's it's just a um, that's a publicity thing for him. Right. You know what I mean? Now, is there some of these guys that could be making more money? Absolutely. Right. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, the UFC is a business. They're paying guys pretty well. I mean, nobody is competing with the UFC. Right. Well, you know no, what I mean? Yeah, nobody, nobody can. I mean, nobody's competing with the UFC. The right. Be- Bellator is, but like, oh, is Bellator what, still around? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, Bellator's still huge, well, and, it's, t- and it's doing very well. But nay, ask anybody about MMA, who they bringing up? Right, UFC, the UFC. Right. You know what I mean? Um, where is every every fighter trying to get to? Ain't nobody trying to get to Bellator. And right. I'm not I'm not smack talking Bellator at all right. because Bellator's awesome. But you know, everybody wants to be in the UFC. I think that the big problem with most of these guys that are making a lot of money is money management. Right. Like, you're talking about uh, Francis Ngannou, for example. You know, he's talking about, you know, he's mad at the UFC. He feels like they're doing him wrong. And, you know, he's talking about having to borrow money to to stay in training camp this time. That's a poor money management deal. Well, even you know if, I mean, I mean, you see, even the UFC is paying for their meals, so and meals and supplements and, yeah, yeah, and training. Mean, so, I mean, what, how much would he actually be out of? Yeah, I don't understand where he's spending the money because, you know, all the – I mean, Extreme, you know, he trains at Extreme Couture, so they're getting part of his purse. He may pay a monthly fee there too, but I highly doubt it. Right. Um, you know, and I know for a fact that Nganu is living in the Performance Institute, so he's probably getting three square meals a day from them. And, you know, he's probably – you know, he's got some expensive taste. I would, too, if I was a UFC heavyweight champion. Oh, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be spending some money. And I, th- I think it's just – it's a money management issue because you could take your money and invest it in something right now. Oh, and yeah. there's people making money doing everything. Man. Oh, yeah. So, like, just to hear a guy saying he's not making enough money, that's because they're a one-trick pony and they're banking everything on fighting, and then they're still living like a king, too. You know what I mean? You can't have – Yeah, you can't do both. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you take – well, you, there's always exceptions. Like, you take um, uh, the boxer. Um, he's the – he carries duffel bags of money. Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah. yeah. Dude, like, I'm terrible with those. Yeah, Mayweather. I mean, he wears $4 million watches and yep. carries, you know, six, seven, ten million dollars in a, in a bag. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's like probably one of the exceptions. Now, I would, if I was, I would say that he spent a lot of money in investing and he has, he has, well, 
he ends up broke all the time, man. I mean, not like I'm. I'm sure not anymore. But like they used to talk about Mayweather being broke all the time, and that's really? why he booked the next fight because he needed. He needed. Yeah, he needed the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, well, then you got guys that they're having tax problems too. That's probably. I, th- I would say that's probably one of Ngannou's problems because you know some of those first few fights he probably didn't pay taxes on right. them, and then they came after him for it. You know what I mean? That and that's something that's crazy, man. Like I can't. You know, if I was making millions and millions of dollars, I mean, even like, I mean, I don't make millions of dollars now. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm just just above the poverty line, you know. Right. But you know, I'll still take a little bit of money and I'll I'll invest it in, you know, like a, I've got a little bit of Bitcoin, but I, I don't have like a full share of Bitcoin. I have, I yeah. have like a, you know, like a point, I don't know, point two, point three. Yeah. I got a hundred bucks. I mean, but you know, like I try to invest in stocks and I'll kind of play around with stuff like that. Yeah. But. At that level, if you making millions of dollars a year, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I would own I would own so much land and have money just coming back in mm-hmm. and just have. I mean, because you can't fight forever. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're yeah, you got to have something. Yeah, as a backup. You and know I, mean, I mean, you're you you said you're blessed with being able to do that. You know, that do, do something that you want to do as, yeah. as you're living and and you're fortunate enough to win purses and that kind of money. I mean, that was something that. You definitely would want to make some investments and yeah. buy some real estate, do something to have a return to where that when that day comes and you know you you can't fight anymore. Then you, you know, you don't want to go back to a, you know nine to five because yep. I mean if you spent all this time fighting, I mean what yeah. are you, you, know, you going to what are you going to go do? Yeah, you know I think that you know at best you've probably got twenty years as an MMA fighter. I would say I mean I would say twenty years at best. And you got to make enough to last your whole lifetime in that. In that, and I just don't think that that is. I don't think it's possible. So you have to have something that you're, you're either investing, you're flipping your right. money, or you're working another. You know, you're working another job. That's right. why a lot of these guys are opening MMA gyms now. Right, you know right. What I mean? Because that's a way to carry that on forever. Right. right. Yeah. That's uh yeah. Do, do they? Does the UFC have like financial planners? Do they have anybody that does that stuff for you? Or? I don't think so. Not, I mean, not that I know of. I know they have a social media team. I know they've got the strength and, and, and conditioning program there. I know they've got um, physical therapy team. I know they've got – did I say social media? Yet? Yes, you did, yeah. Yeah, so they got, they got all the nutrition. They got the physical therapy team. They have the sports psychology team. They got the doctors. I don't, I don't think they have a financial planner. That, I'm not sure, though. That may be – That's something I should probably look into. Yeah, well, that may be it. May be, um, maybe like a. Well, they can't because would it be at their at the UFC's interest? Because if they're paying that person to give you money advice, and there might be a conflict of interest. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I know that's. I mean, they have training space at the PI, but they don't have any coaching because obviously that would be a right. that, that would be a um, right. a big conflict of interest. Now, like. Um, like exercise wise strength and conditioning like i said that's just evening the playing field right. and i think it's definitely cool that they offer that but if they were teaching martial arts and coaching guys how to beat the other guys right. that would obviously be a huge right. uh, conflict of interest and then the the financial planning thing i think that would be a big liability for yeah them. once I, once once you we talk about it and then kind of put it into words and like yeah that might be yeah but yeah but i mean it might be something good you might look into yeah yeah i mean you know, I think everybody should have a a, a uh, financial coach for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that would definitely be. Lord knows that I need a financial. That's coach. one thing that I'll say about the owner of Elite Man Will. He is like you know, 
he has taught me way more than I ever learned from school. I'll just say that. He's he's a pretty good business guy. Oh, dude, he is he I did, is a smart, smart man. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I shot a tournament or you know, fo- a photograph of a tournament for him. It's been in Lexington a few, I guess a few months back. Back in the summertime yeah. over in Lexington. Yeah. He's he's a smart business guy. He's a guy. dog, man. Yeah. yeah he's now, his, his dad was an instructor too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he bought his, Will bought his first school from his dad when he was 17. He was, he owned his own martial arts school oh, at 17 Lord. years old. Yeah. Back That's in, crazy. Back in London. Back in London. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming and hanging out and talking yeah, to me. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been fun. Yeah. I said this is, uh, you know, I had Kelvin, which he was one of the local I call him a local legend. He's one yep, of the local legends coming right. here, and and um, I was, I, I don't know, man. I, one day I was, I've been wanting to do this for a couple of years, and I just started thinking, man, I have some, I have some pretty interesting friends that there's I, some cool stories in Berea, man. There is, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff, and I retire in a couple of years from from the day job, so I may include some of the some of the interesting stories some of the interesting yeah. stories yeah i can't that you can't talk about yet <laughs> well there, there's probably a few that i can you know right. that's um that are, are kind of funny <laughs> stuff you know but it's um there's definitely you know, some some whoppers that are in there yeah yeah there's yeah there's, yeah, some, there's some, always some crazy ones yeah there's um there's definitely some good ones in there but man i appreciate you coming um uh, what is uh, we don't have any, no fight days coming to prize. We're just trying. Yeah, to- not right now, man. I mean, right now I'm in uh, just a chill time. I'm taking some time to enjoy my family, welcome the new baby. Yeah. Like I told my wife, man. Like I owe her some time right now. Oh, I owe yeah. my I owe my family some time. Probably for the past five years. Oh yeah. I've been nothing but fighting and being gone to train. So like. I got to give them some time. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm still going to be hitting the gym. I'm still going to be working out, but my primary focus is going to be a better dad and husband. Yeah. That's for that, a little bit. That, that's, that's all. That's, that's the, that's the good thing. You know, you've put, you know, you have your core values and sticking those core values is, you know, that's, that's a, that's a good thing. You stick by that and live by that. Then you're always going to be, you always come out ahead. Right. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. That's what you teach. That's what the elite, right? So that's, that's right. Kinda, you're right. Yeah. Well, man, uh, I will make sure that when I, the video stuff, I'll put your social media links on there. Um, and then um, this will be on Anchor and Spotify as well. So Awesome. Uh, man, thanks for coming. Um, glad that you came. And we are going to get out of here and go drink some more coffee. And you can drink your Monster and water. Right. And, right. We'll go to the gym. Go we'll to get a gym. workout in. I went this morning so before I came Heck here. Yeah. Heck All right. yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right.